Good afternoon, Block Fight. It's me, Paul, here today. I'm leading the show. We're going to be covering a couple of uh, really interesting things today. We got the CEO of Pendle on to answer some more of our questions as a follow up to our previous discussion. And we were going to be covering gyroscope, gyroscope, a couple guys talking about gyroscope. You'll learn more about that from Charles a little bit later on. And maybe we'll even cover a little bit of Richard Hart's pulse experiment. It's going to be a great show, guys. Let's get into it. Mikey, take me away, dude. Hey, everybody. How y'all doing? What's happening, guys? Let's all, all right. greet our special uh, guest, Tien, here in the bottom left corner, CEO of Pendle. How what's you up, doing, Tien? Hey, hey, thanks for having me. I'm good. Yeah, man, we're really excited to have you. I had a great time talking about Pendle, like, what, like last week? A really interesting project, man, and, but it's super complicated, and I kind of want to see kind of where we're going with it. So I'm really glad you could join us today. I'm sure everyone's got questions. Thanks for having me. After a day off, we're back, baby. Yeah. Little, little Memorial Day. How was uh, the uh, how was the food, gents? What is Memorial Day celebration like for a Canadian like me? What do you guys do? Uh, we eat burgers and hot dogs. We do the most American thing you could possibly imagine. <laughs> like American flags and stuff. Yeah, man. Go go out on the boat. Do some barbecuing. It's uh, it's oh, a good time, nice. man. Sounds like a blast. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's just an ex another excuse to get hammered and blow up fireworks, to be honest. I mean, it's like 4th of July pregame. But, yeah, I had a great time. I'm sure you did something fun too, Clay. You guys don't do anything like that in uh, Canada? Um, well, it's, it's not the same day, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. There isn't a Memorial Day here. Um, we have a Remembrance Day uh that it's is somber it is somber it's more it's not really a celebrate i don't know no, nothing really happens people just you know take some moments of silence and yeah we don't uh i don't know i wish there were fireworks but there aren't usually so damn uh, yeah celebrating the men and women who serve bro yeah Important people what about you tian you guys have anything over there kind of similar where you just eat burgers and hot dogs <laughs> the cookout <laughs> holiday don't no? no. Wow, what a shame, dude. I'm sure I'm blessed to be an American. <laughs> Just have an excuse to get off work. But yeah, guys, I'm excited to have another DeFi Tuesday. I love talking about this stuff, and I think the audience loves it too. Mr. Got Plenty's in the chat. He's ready for some bad explanations. Well, he's going to have to look somewhere else because we got the best ones today. <laughs> We're going straight to the horse's mouth, as they say, for Pendle Revisited. So, Tian, I want to get into this here. Let me pop up the app on the screen here. So we were talking about this uh, before the show. Just for as a quick reminder, let's go back through kind of quick, like kind of basically how Pendle works, right? So you're, you're just kind of swapping yields on assets, right? And as an example, underlying AP, like this, this one here, Fraxeth, if I'm coming in here, I'm looking at this, I'm thinking, which do I want to buy, right? Just as an average user. Underlying APY is 5.23%. Implied APY is 4.6%. And this implied is like what it's actually trading at on Pendle, right? Correct. So yeah. for this example here, I would see this 11.4%. I would say juicy. I definitely want that, right? That fixed 4.6 is kind of unappealing though because I could just get the underlying if I just hold the asset, right? But you said there's kind of some instances where I might actually want to buy that 4.6. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think like with regards to this um, SREX ETH market specifically, mm -hmm. the implied yield, which is what the traders on Pendle are currently thinking, um, it's, it's trading lower than the underlying yield of 5.2%. So if you think that the yield from SREX ETH is going to be higher than 5.23 or any anywhere above like 4.6 that it's currently trading at, right? Mm -hmm. Then 
you're better off just getting the yield token, uh, which is YT. Uh, and then 4.6, um, I guess like it also depends on your risk appetite because like if you think the 4.6 is, you're comfortable with the fixed 4.6% APY, then that that is certainly an option that you can undertake. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So like, this is still like kind of taking like directional bets, but as opposed to taking on generally the underlying asset, you're taking it on kind of like the yield of the asset, just still taking like a directional Correct. bet. So do you think like, uh, who, who do you think is like the target market for like this specific product? We were kind of talking about this last time and some people were kind of like, eh, I don't know, it seems too much for me. Uh, but I think you guys have done a good job of making it kind of simple, but who, who do you think still is like the ideal market for this? At the moment, just looking at our current user base, I'd say like most of the people who are trading on Pendle, they belong to the more sophisticated retail with a very decent understanding of how derivatives work Mm -hmm. and institutions. Now, so I do recognize that the product is not necessarily the easiest to understand because of terminologies that are native to the protocol and Mm -hmm. just like uh, the the relatively unique uh, mechanics that are happening behind the scene. So moving forward, like for this year, at least we are going to continue to improve on the UI UX and make it easier for users to participate in the protocol. So one of such initiatives is uh, we, we really need to bulk up on the demand for principal token. So like mm-hmm. if you if you look at the top right, right, we actually have the pro UI and the simple UI. Mm-hmm. The simple UI is a is our in, like the intention for the simple UI is really to get more users to buy like to participate in Pendle without really having to understand like what goes on at the back. So if you look at the the screen here, right, like mm-hmm. all the derivatives ter- terminologies are abstracted away. Everything is a lot easier to understand. And just looking at the numbers, we're seeing probably around half of all the transactions that are happening on Pendle take place on the simple UI. So yeah, in in a couple of weeks time, we're actually going to introduce a revamp of this particular interface to to, to make it more relatable um, to crypto communities. So this is one of such initiatives to improve the UI UX. And then further down, we're also looking to introduce some sort sort of uh, simple fault strategies. Um, because ultimately, I think like Pendle is a venue that is designed to long or short yield. But from experience, regardless of the educational materials that we publish, mm-hmm. it's still a relatively hefty topic for most DeFi community members. And here, I think there is an opportunity for us to fill the gap by introducing like really, really simple strategies for users to long or short yield through vault strategies. Mm-hmm. Corval, I, I want to I jump into the quick question. So Tian, like, let's take one step back uh, just to like get a full perspective. Like, like, how did this idea come about? How did Pendle come about? Uh, and like, what, what got from point A to point B to get us here? Yeah, sure. So we, so my co-founders and I, we, we have been in the space since maybe 2017. So on and off, like we've been toying with product ideas, but we've had a string of very unsuccessful ventures. Um, but DeFi summer in 2020 was really the time where we were, um, we, we, we came about and, and thought of, thought of um, this particular idea. So if you remember DeFi summer 2020, there were a lot of food coins and these food coins were offering maybe 10, 20,000% APYs. And as much as we were enjoying the very juicy APYs from all these shit coins, it also occurred to us that there was no way that we could lock in the rates. And when we compared the state of DeFi to a conventional financial sector, it, we recognized that fixed rate products are actually one of the most important verticals like within the financial sector, but it was largely missing in crypto. So that was... Um, I think it, it, it was very apparent to us that if we, if we believe that more money is going to come into the space, that fixed rate products going to 
have an increasing, uh, uh, it will become more relevant uh, in, in DeFi. So we thought it's a big opportunity and there's a, there's a clear void in the space. So we took, took the chance to build the product and ideate solutions around it. Awesome. No, that makes perfect sense. I mean, like in terms of fixed rate products in this space with all of the kind of crazy yields that people chase all the time, like, is that, do you think it's like the biggest hurdle of, of overcoming, like, like sort of, I feel like the space has to mature to where fixed rate products are um, deemed as, as valuable as like some of like the, you know, there's just such crazy yields that people chase and that's what people are used to. Like, it's kind of like a, a, a mental conundrum. I feel like in this space because of the kind of the way that we've started, like, do you, do you feel that way at all? I think um, most people would still continue to chase after very, very attractive APYs because innately, I think um, that's really just one of the main propositions of crypto. Um, but right. I also think we are probably catering to the needs of a group of users who value certainty because I think innately, a lot of people actually value certainty. Like, for example, if you look at 6.84% discount for the first market, right? Mm -hmm. You buy in today, that's exactly the amount of yield that you, you are entitled to. You're like when it matures next year, 25th of December, 2024, you're going to get like, yeah, exactly the, the yield that you're, you're, you're getting into. Mm -hmm. um, whereas like for some other markets, you can participate in the market today with very, very attractive APYs, but two months later, protocols could collapse. Uh, yep. And then you, you're, you're, you might end up with nothing. Yeah, which happens all too often, honestly. <laughs> As we um, yeah. Could I, if I could, maybe jump in here for a second? Um, I yep. saw a couple things in the chat. Um, I didn't see didn't catch who it was, but someone was talking about the length of the maturities and how long 400 days is in DeFi and all this. Um, but a key part is the trading of yield. So because you buy, let's say you buy a principal token that gives you the rights to claim the underlying later, it doesn't mean you have to hold it for 400 days. Like people are going to be buying the principal token, um, expecting yields to go down, meaning the principal token will increase in value and then maybe they swap it for um, a yield token. So just wanted to make that clear for anyone wondering, it's not like you have to, uh, you know, buy a PT and then wait uh, for a year. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that was that was clear. Also, it's on ETH and Arbitrum, by the way. Uh, I think someone else asked what yes. chain. Yeah, it's on. go ahead, guys. I, I I totally so so yeah. Like, can can you break that down even more simply? Like, there's obviously people watching. You threw out a couple of acronyms, Charles. Like, <laughs> we live in a world of acronyms, but like. Like if we were to like back this thing up in like its most simplistic form for everyone, uh, principal token throughout PT, a few different things. Like how does this work from like a flow like perspective, right? Yeah, sure. So Pendle's source of liquidity is the yield-bearing asset. So a yield-bearing asset is fundamentally an asset that generates yield. A good example of that would be, let's say, STETH. Right, you deposit ETH into Lido, and you get STETH as a form of like um, as as a proof of your deposit, and also as a receipt to accrue more interest further down. So, as long as you hold STETH, you're you're generating some sort of yield from the underlying protocol. Now, what Pedal does is to lock in STETH in a contract and mint PTSTETH and YTSTETH. So PTSTETH is the principal component of the yield-bearing asset. And then the YT stands for yield token, and it represents the yield component of a yield-bearing asset. So simply put, right, when you strip the yield component from the yield-bearing asset, all the yield that, that the underlying accrues go to the YT. Now, PT actually does not accrue yield, but because PT does not accrue yield, it will have to trade at a discount relative to the underlying. So let's say if you buy like the PT STETH uh, at 7% discount over time until like uh, at maturity, right? It will be redeemable one-to-one -one for the underlying. 
um, while YT, because it continues to realize the yield that is paid up from the underlying protocol, mm -hmm. it will depreciate and decay to zero at maturity. Okay. Yeah, that, that that's a great explanation. That's super helpful. Yeah, it makes perfect sense, dude. Yeah, that, that yield stripping is super useful uh, for managing kind of like a portfolio, right? Like for setting time horizons for like when you want to hit a certain amount of money. Uh, Charles is blinking a lot, so I hope I'm accurate. <laughs> no, yeah, you are. I was just thinking about, I have, uh, I have a question. Um, so like, yeah, the yield stripping is very, very cool and very interesting. Um, and I was thinking about like what some possibilities are for building on top of this. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't get very far, but, um, uh, a question I have for you is what are the limitations around, um, what you can support? Because I mean, any, any mm -hmm. yield bearing position theoretically could be split into its principal and its yield components. So what, like, what are the limitations in terms of what you could possibly support in the future or what, uh, like what the model supports? Sure. So at the moment, I think looking at all the different forms of yield bearing assets, we should be able to support uh, all these different forms. Now that said, the, the one that we would probably hold off a little bit un until further um, is, is the, uh, say, uni, uni V3 NFT uh, LP tokens. Um, because NFT tokens are not, I mean, by nature, they're not fungible. So it makes things a little more complex. And every, every, every one of these NFT represents a positions that indicates different range with the, uh, within, um, for, for the pool. So, um, it, it, it's going to be a different kind of consideration, but for, let's say, um, liquid wrappers, AMM, like a, a V2 equivalent AMM, um, money markets, the yield bearing assets from these respective protocols, I think we should be able to support them quite easily. That's amazing. And then, yeah. And then I just want to add on, right. Then the considerations from our side becomes like whether, like when we're going through the exercise of deciding what kind of assets to list, a lot of it hinges on say the liquidity of the pool, because, because like, um, if, again, from experience, right out of say a hundred billion dollars worth of assets in a single pool, maybe at best, like 10% of that gets transferred to Pendle for additional, additional yield. So if the pool is too small, let's say a million dollars, we can probably expect at best a hundred K in liquidity on Pendle. And that's not going to be very meaningful. So when we're scouting for assets to list, it's usually, um, I mean, for, for one, we, we want to be as close to like the whole LSD narrative as we can. So mm -hmm. LSD, ETH LSD assets will have a priority, at least for now. And then the Arbitrum assets, um, good Arbitrum assets, um, like say Camelot and uh, GMX, GDI. So the, these, are, these are protocols that we're supporting at the moment. Um, and then beyond that, I think like we... Yeah, just look at the, the liquidity and I, I'd say like anything more than five, $10 million in liquidity, uh, we should be able to support quite easily. Right, right. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I hadn't thought about the liquidity of the underlying, but I don't know why, because that's obviously a main part of it. Mm -hmm. um, another question I had was the maturity dates. So, um, like I was looking at the arbitrum market and, um, I don't know, you, you've got several markets there, but a lot of them mature at the same time. And I was wondering what your thoughts were on as, you know, say 250 days from now, as all these PT tokens start to approach the price of the underlying, how the dynamics would change, um, between like the users and the protocol, because like. I was thinking the fluctuations in the implied yield are going to become less extreme. Um, and yeah, I don't know what your thoughts were there between like 
how how the user behavior will change as as we get like really close to these maturity dates. Um, I would imagine there's a I bunch think... of other markets on at that time, but anyways. Yeah. So my best guess right now is that um, for for pools that are maybe pools that have maybe six months before it fully matures, we'll probably start to set up another pool. And between then and maturity, right, with the six months uh, in place, I think some of the liquidity will start shifting to the newer pool with a different maybe for, uh, expiry further up, maturity further down. So I would think that most, like most people would be very rational about how they respond to these kind of changes. Um, yeah, even for the pools that have expired, like we've had short-term pools like Looks Rare, which expired in March earlier. Uh, not much happened. Um, and and I, I actually in the last week before the maturity, the activity level is, is very, very minimal. It's mostly people moving liquidity out of the pool. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, cool. And then you can have like, the same market with some like multiple different maturities and yeah okay that makes sense nice. exactly so this is also one of the things that we are working on um so if you look at the STE pool we have three pools and we're also introducing a newer pool um the intention here is really to establish a liquid yield curve so we have a 2023 pool 2024 and 2025 we're going to introduce like a longer maturity and it's really, yeah, just, just to set up like uh, some sort of a yield curve because gradually I think there's a growing confidence in ETH LSD APYs as a risk-free rate for DeFi. Um, so we think having a, a benchmark rate is, is going to be quite meaningful, especially for what we're doing here. Definitely, definitely. Here we go. Yeah. This is awesome. Corbel? Yeah, so we were talking a little bit about kind of like how you pick uh, assets to add on to to Pendle, uh, and um, you know, you're on Ethereum and Arbitrum at the moment. Are there any plans to expand uh, beyond uh, chasing the staked ETH the LSD narrative? Yeah, sure. So um, I think it's 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 no secret that we're looking looking out for expansion um, and. Among the other layer layer one, layer twos that we're looking at, Avalanche, we've had an implementation on Avalanche in V1. Mm -hmm. And then BNB Chain. BNB Chain is has a very healthy TVL, and the primitives over there are already very established. So it also makes a lot of sense for us to consider BNB Chain. And then um, Polygon optimism we've we've applied actually for grants and up to like uh optimism grants earlier but we, we yeah we, we need to do it again uh oh, but yeah. these are options that we are we're um considering exciting exciting and yeah i know i would be pretty excited about optimism for sure uh and i know a bunch of other people too very cool cool uh i had another question here in my notes let me check yeah, so I know there's VE Pendle and Pendle Wars going on. How active is that, and how does that kind of influence everything? That's just uh, I think it's yeah pushing emissions. Yeah, so VE Pendle is just getting started, mm -hmm. but at the moment, as far as we're aware, there are three that are building on top of Pendle. So Stakedow is the first to go live, uh, SD Pendle, and then. There's um, Equilibria. So they did a raise recently on Bounce and they raised like one and a half million dollars. And then PenPy, which is scheduled for an IDO on Camelot in early June. Um, dates un un undecided yet. But yeah, I think like Pendle Wars, um, from our perspective, is basically just like other protocols fighting for market share of the V Pendle. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, I think it is. A, a healthy thing because it 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 um, encourages more activity and participation in the Pendle ecosystem, and it also adds utility like to the Pendle token. Um, so we like it's still too soon. Um, as uh, as far as I'm concerned, like Equilibria is probably launching the product next week, mm 
Mm-hmm. Uh, currently, there's only staked out, so we'll see how it goes. T and I, w- I want to I want to jump in real quick, Robo. So, anytime you hear something wars, whether it's the curve wars or you know we've seen them on Phantom with various different protocols uh, back in 2022, how do users? How will users potentially, as this thing uh, develops, take advantage of of Pendle wars? Like, is there a way for you users to to benefit from this, or is this you know like this? It's probably about driving emissions, is my assumption. Uh, how would a user, you know, do you, do you, would a user lock Pendle as well, and then potentially participate in such wars? Like, how would you uh, how would you go about that from a user perspective? Yeah, I would think so actually, because it 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 caters to the needs of probably two groups of people. So for now, I would I would broadly classify like Pendle users into two buckets, right? One group of users are liquidity providers. They want to provide liquidity, but they don't necessarily want to have Pendle token exposure because mm-hmm. as a fund, they might not be comfortable with locking up the Pendle for right. two years to get the max boost. And then there's another group of people, they have Pendle, but they don't want to provide liquidity because they just don't have a lot of liquidity in the first place. They have some panel tokens. So having all these different liquid wrappers provides the additional utility for these two groups of users, right? Um, so the liquidity providers can have boosted APY through one of these different avenues. And from our perspective, like from, from the protocol perspective, right, it helps because Additional liquidity means like the TVL on Pendle is going to grow. Mm-hmm. And with better TVL, trading volume can, trading, trading, trading activity can potentially increase because now with deeper liquidity in the pool, yep. we can support bigger trade sizes, right? And then on the other hand, the people with Pendle tokens can find additional like APY for their Pendle tokens. Cool. Now that makes a lot of sense. That's perfect. Fantastic. Um, yeah, quick question. I mean, so we're, we're going to kind of wrap up this segment here, but I had one last question about kind of what's in the future for Pendle. We talked about expansion. We kind of talked about kind of new assets that you guys are adding. Anything else you guys are working on? Yeah, so in terms of the focus for this year, is pretty straightforward. It's really growing the trading activity on Pendle, mm-hmm. so trading volume and TVL. Um, because these two aspects are direct revenue contributors to the protocol. So moving forward, right, like um, say uh, uh, improvement in the UI UX is to encourage more participation and hopefully we can create more demand for PT for the fixed rates. And with that, we can also um, like create more attractive yield opportunities for people to speculate on. And, and then vaults to run like basic strategies for the long or short of yield. Uh, And yeah, I think quite importantly, and this has been something that we've been working on, and that is to enable permissionless listing of assets on Pendle. Because at the moment, even for now, if you look at all the different markets that exist on Pendle UI, Mm -hmm. our team needs to look into the contracts and write new, new markets for each of these launches. So we want to delegate this component to protocol developers so that subsequently any interested parties, they can set up a pool to establish yield markets without having to consult a team. We can provide basic support, but ideally we want to get to the stage where community members can set up pools and trade yield the way they want it, like how they would do it on Uniswap. Awesome. Really cool. Permissionless pools. That sounds exciting and leads to kind of, I think, like an explosion of offerings here. Um, Very cool. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to actually ask about that. So I'm glad you touched on it. But yeah, I can definitely see Pendle as like more like infrastructure, you know, like Mm -hmm. infrastructure for a lot of um, cool yield stripping possibilities to be built on top of it. Anyways, that's my final thought. Yeah, I really appreciate you coming on, Tian. Do you guys have any other questions? Uh, I want to give you some of your night back, Tian. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think it's awesome, man. I, I greatly appreciate the explanation. I think it provided a lot of clarity for uh, the follow-up to what we talked about a couple of weeks ago on DeFi Tuesday. So, Tian, thank you, man. It's been fantastic. Yeah, thanks thank for you, coming Tien. on, Tian. 
Th thank you for having me. Really, really great to be here. Awesome. Appreciate it. Now, Everyone, go to Pendle.finance. Check it out. Yeah, check out, check the it out man. Read the docs. Some innovative stuff. <laughs> also, Revelo Intel has a really good breakdown on Pendle that I highly recommend. Oh, yes. So if you're on Revelo, yes. please read that because it's very thorough. Um, yeah. Hell yeah. It's a good piece. <laughs> Love it. Well, thanks again, man. We appreciate it. Yep. See you. <laughs> Got him All right. Made goodbye. Mikey with the Yank. Yeah. Uh, awesome. <laughs> Well, that was pretty good, dude. I'm even more fired up about Pendle than before. I can see why everyone was influencing about it. What do you it's mean by influencing? Well, you know, you see Twitter threads about it all the time. Oh, so okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a no-brainer. Well, uh, Pendle chat. Yeah, it's like at the, uh, what do you call it? Uh, like you're saying, infrastructure. There's a, there's a lot of things that are going to be built around and use it uh, going forward, especially big teams, I imagine. I mean, hey, yeah. Let's yeah. keep DeFi Tuesday going, baby. It's, it's cool to see additional products being built, like fixed fixed maturity, you know, asset products being built. Like the, the space is rapidly evolving and like we're seeing it and and staked ETH and all the staked derivative products are like building this new wave of things that you can do in, in DeFi that's like pretty awesome, man. It's gonna, it's yeah, gonna be man. wild to watch it like expand and grow over the next couple of years. DeFi is becoming big boy ready, you know what I mean? Exactly. All uh, right, cool, Charles. What do you, what do you got next, bro? Yeah, Charles has got something for us here. Something something I got. Got. Yeah, um, yeah. It's called gyroscope. By the way, Corval. No one says gyroscope. Gyroscope. Well, you, what do you go? You go out and get a gyro, or you get a gyro? You get euro. a euro. You get a euro. Euro. What? Yeah, yeah bro. Yeah. Like, listen, I live. I live in like around Tampa, Florida. But like ten miles north of here is Tarpon Springs, Florida. It's the largest Greek population, Greek American Greek population in the United States, and okay. they all say gyro, like, and that's <laughs> yeah, and then, like in, in New York City, everyone says gyro. But like, I I have to I have to go with the largest Greek American population and the fact that it is gyro. But hey, that's just me. Well, there's also a word that is there. Gyroscope is also a word. So it is, it is. some sort of like kaleidoscope. What do they do? <laughs> tell, tell me what they do. Why 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 are they cool? Yeah, no, no one um I don't know. There was a lot of chatter about balancer concentrated mm -hmm. liquidity on balancer recently and yep. um the people who are implementing this is is gyroscope. Um so they are they're actually a stablecoin infrastructure project. Um so they have a stablecoin coin it's called it's called gyro Gyro. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, but that's uh, not what I will talk about uh, today. Um, what they're doing, what they've built on top of Balancer's tech, uh, is basically a new, a new type of AMM. You can think about it like that. It's a new type of liquidity curve. So. Let's so, break it down some more. So, so a new type of automated market maker, a new type of decentralized exchange. Yeah, we we got we got to lay out the yeah. We got a whole new. We lay out the acronyms. Yeah. Thank you. It's a new way to. It's a new pool for swapping tokens. Yeah. Um. Right. So, uh, the what they've launched recently, uh, is a Matic X wrapped Matic pool on Polygon. Mm -hmm. um and they will be releasing more of these sort of correlated asset pools because this is how this is what their concentrated liquidity pools are are focused on so they've got three types there are three types of pools so there are charles let me ask you one quick question before you before you go mm -hmm. in uh mm -hmm. so first of all i think balancer doesn't get enough love in this space for like how cool their tech is um stable swap mm you know like they've got so many different ways that they can utilize liquidity uh with you know different ratioed pairs and all this different stuff is this build out like i know they had an initiative as, as balancer and beethoven kind of in partnership to build something that other other protocols could more easily fork the tech and then do what they wanted with it do you know if this was like part of that sort of new uh you know, initiative that Balancer was working on, or is this something that Gyroscope did on their own? No, this is, I believe they're like, it's, um, I think what they, um, how it's categorized is like Balancer has these like, um, 
crap, I forgot the word, but it's 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 a friendly it's a friendly partnership. I don't know okay. if they're actually partnered, um, yeah. but they are. It's like a friendly balancer is pushing this. Yep. um as like a new innovation and it's like a new cool thing so um, yeah. I believe that's kind of what i was getting at just fig yeah. figuring out if it was part of that same type of uh of like friendly fork initiative that they've been working on so probably so cool all right yeah yeah um okay so there are there are three types of pools there are two lcb or clbs concentrated liquidity pools clps <laughs> so two clps three clps and E-CLPs, which are ellipse concentrated liquidity pools. So oh two CLPs, CLPs, I know. It's, uh, yeah, don't look at that graph. You'll just get confused. Look at this one. That this one looks fine. more acceptable <laughs> to me. So the, the two CLPs are for two asset pools, pretty um, intuitively. And it's basically, um, it's basically Uniswap V3, but the range parameters, the, the price parameters on which your concentrated liquidity is set by the one who's making the pool. It's not set by, it doesn't have to be set by the user who has to, who is providing liquidity. So um, like basically they'll, they'll make a pool, a two CLP pool, and they will set, so that's the ECLP, by the way, but the two CLP pool is basically, okay, we've got these, we've got this, this big curve and we're setting these bounds. If you want to scroll up a bit, I think, or go to the two CLP. Oh yeah, yeah, I'll check two CLP here. Yeah, yeah there so we go. So, so you've got that. I just like yeah, the way so that graph looks more. <laughs> yeah, so you've got the whole um, constant product function there. Um, and basically with the two CLP, you're just concentrating let, let liquidity within some range. So it's, it's meant for assets like, um, like staked, staked ETH, ETH or staked Matic, Matic, um, or for stable coins. Um, and you're just concentrating liquidity between, between this, this range. And the point is that it is much simpler for users to use than say like a Uniswap V3. It's a lot more gas efficient and users don't need to be managing their position. Um, it's basically the range is set is set by the one making the pool. So all the users need to do is go deposit and then voila, you are now um, earning very capital efficient yield. Um, now the three CLPs, it's the same thing. It's just an extension of the two CLP, but it's with three asset pools. And this is why it's interesting uh, with balancer is because cool. um, ba yeah, balancer can support, you know, three, four, five asset pools. Update. Um, and yeah, and gyroscope uh, has built a three CLP for like USDT, USDC and die or something. So you can get this like really concentrated, um, concentrated liquidity in this pool of three, you know, stable coins. Um, and yeah, so that's the two CLP and the three CLP. Um, so Charles, the, hold on, hold on one second. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. So I'm probably forgetting just, something. Just, just to be clear, like, is this only for uh, pegged assets, either, i.e., like stable coins and or you know, um, you know, staked ETH, ETH or staked Matic, you know, Matic, something like that. Like, does it only apply to assets that are are either correlated or or yield bearing to one another, or can you have variable assets that are not yeah um it's a good question i was trying to find an answer to this um but i am like 99 sure this is for correlated assets yeah it would seem like it would seem that way based on um yeah so like the reason that um the architecture is simpler than uni v3 is because this range doesn't need to be like managed or multiple right. ranges don't need to be set um, by the user, but yep. it does sort of set, there is a price, there are price bounds that the, the, the price needs to stay within for sure. the pool to like do anything. Um, so yeah, so as far as I know, it is, um, only for correlated assets, but I don't know, maybe in the future, they'll have some sort of cool, uh, innovation that, that branches out to variable, variable assets. Um, seems to be very difficult. <laughs> to yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. uh, yeah it's, this structure yeah 
So the last type of pool is the eCLP. And this is a really exciting one. This is the ellipse um, CLP. So with the two and the three CLPs, um, when you set that range, liquidity is constant is is spread out, although it's concentrated in that range, it's spread out evenly across the range. With an ellipse CLP, which is the type of pool that the Matic, um, the Matic, staked Matic and wrapped Matic pool is um, on gyroscope on Polygon. Um, it's an ellipse CLP. And what it allows for is you can configure the pool such that you can define a distribution of liquidity within the price range. So you can define a range, like just like the two and the three CLP, but then you can define where the liquidity is more or less concentrated. So when you're looking at that graph, um, like on the $1 mark there on the price of X, right here, it's most, that's the peak of the, of the concentration of the liquidity. But if, you know, but the ellipse shape gives it some flexibility where there are, there's a little bit more, there's a little bit of liquidity on either side of that $1. It's, it's the same as the, as the two and the three CLP, but you're basically just going, you're even, you're concentrating even further. You're going, okay, um, we're going to give a range such that it can, it can go to 99 cents. It can go to $1 and one cent. That's fine. But because, you know, 90% of the trading activity is going to happen at $1, we're going to like, we're going to configure this liquidity towards that. Um, so anyways, you put something that, like that on top of balancer tech and it's pretty magical, I think. Also, <laughs> well, it's just math, but math yeah. is magical sometimes. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty much all I got. The result for the end user is mm -hmm. clicking a button like you do with a regular AMM and you get access to concentrated liquidity for pairs like staked ETH and ETH. Um, I actually have a tweet to share. Let's see I have it. To share. How amazing is that? Um, they have some like share screen. They have some metrics on how um, how effective these these pools are. So here it just explains the thingamajig. First LSD pool is Stakematic, Wrapmatic on Balancer Polygon. ECLP has 1.65, the capital efficiency of the top balancer pool, and 6.9x, the efficiency of the second largest pool. So basically, LPs uh, get more for their dollar. Traders get really deep liquidity at, at, at the price that they are likely going to be trading at. Um, and yeah, you don't need as much TVL to support really large trades, essentially. Yep. Um, so that's, that's the, that's the end, the end thing there. I mean, I've always um, been, then, I've always been a massive fan of, of balancer, like of, of the balancer tech period. Like I, I've, I've been of the opinion cause like it's, it's generally more efficient from a, a gas perspective. Like they've got ways to route trades with like omni stable pools that, you know, if you're going to be trading stables and you're not going to use an aggregator, like this would be the way to go in terms of trading stables as, as an individual individual user. I've always been yeah. of the opinion that if balancer could do things like concentrated liquidity, like I think it's arguably better tech than, than any of like the, the Uniswap, you know, model that's out there. Uh, and it's far more uh, hybridly efficient across a bunch of different like trading models um, so if they figure out how to get volatile assets into concentrated liquidity on balancer, it's like, you know, at some point, uh, you know, I, I feel like the, the value of what they bring to the market is going to be realized. Someone asked earlier in the comments, like, why doesn't balancer get sort of the respect they deserve something along those lines. And I, I, I wondered if that meant more like, why isn't their token price uh, more reflective of, of their value in market? Um, and I think my response to that was like, it would probably be because of the way that they came out of the gate and did their tokenomics, which was sort of a decreasing curve just along the maturity of their life cycle. They released a ton of emissions up front, as you can see by the blue line. Uh, and with, you know, I think we all know is like emissions come out really heavily 
token price probably suffers along, along the way. Mm -hmm. So that's why they created VEBAL and kind of tried to rejigger the model of, of the curve for year emissions uh, or multi-year emissions, but really heavy up front. Um, yeah, and, had, and so not, not only like their AMM architecture, but the, the 8020 um, governance token model yeah. is like yeah. also so legit. And I don't know, I think, I think a lot of new projects are probably going to be considering that very heavily for like their governance tokens. Um, it's like, um, it's regulatory uh, friendly as of now. No. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's a really, it's a really good. Uh, We're making the assumption that people model. know what 80, 20 governance model is. What is it? Yeah. Like, uh, pairing your to your governance token, your token. So it'd be like Val, uh, yep. B -E -Val is 80 is a pool of 80% Val and 20% uh, ETH. Mm -hmm. So having that LP token be the governance token um does a lot of cool things and what i was thinking about with gyroscope by the way if anyone from balancer or gyroscope is watching you should come on and tell us more about uh <laughs> concentrated liquidity <laughs> but what i was thinking about um mm -hmm. is like concert i don't know I'm, I'm just spitballing here so i have no idea what i'm talking about but um like concentrated boosted pools like okay everybody put your assets into this pool 80% of them are going to go off and earn yield somewhere. The other 20% are going to be focused on this range. And it's like capital efficiency squared. Um, I don't know how feasible that is, um, but like balancers already got, like they've got boosted pools, they've got the smart order routing. Mm -hmm. And so if, I don't know, if they can just, just keep building on top of it. It's just like uh, they're gonna be they're gonna be going beast mode. Yeah, I um, think they probably they need. Beast mode. I think I think their tech is great. I think they probably just need like a a more intense marketing scheme as well. Uh, you know, <laughs> some kind of narrative domination. Uh, we've been talking about concentrated liquidity a lot lately. Um, it's really kind of entered the zeitgeist in a way that it really wasn't <laughs> yeah. like before obviously the uniswap license expired um it's kind of sick dude this is like another example of kind of like bringing that tech into like a simplified form kind of like uh what pendle tried to do straight off the bat uh try to make a very complicated tech or like trading system very digestible for a user that's kind of what i'm seeing here with with gyro gyro how do you guys say it hero it's uh it's Heroscope <laughs> is uh, making it really. Um, wait a minute. This explains that thingamajig. Look at my graph. Dame terrible. Oh, sorry. I thought Mister Got Plenty got your ass. Never mind. Charles, how do people take advantage of this, man? Like, like, is it built on Balancer? Is it built on Gyroscope's core tech? Like, do you go to there? Like, how, how do you actually yeah, utilize? Uh, you have to go to uh, gyro.finance. Hold on. I'm just gonna make sure that's right. Oh, that's right, baby. Oh, yeah, baby. Uh, apparently, you can't access Gyro. this as an American. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's giving well, me a, an outside the jurisdiction. Um, yeah, gyro.finance. Here, I can uh, share this. Yeah, pull it up. Tab here. Do, do, do. So this is their, um, their stablecoin. And you can read the docs if you want to learn about their stablecoin as well. Um, their stablecoin is going to be making use of the, the um, concentrated pools that they're building. Um, but if you go to the pools, and they're also on mainnet right now, for anyone wondering, if you go to the pools, you can see the, um, the different types of uh, CLPs. So we've got the three CLP with um, USDC, BUSD, and USDT. Here's the stakematic matic one I was talking about. The APR is really high because Balancer is incentivizing it so for anyone gotcha. wondering that's cool uh if you want to make your matic work um yeah, yeah you can get bow rewards on top of uh this pool and yeah. it has quite a bit of volume this this stablecoin pool is doing quite a bit of volume as well like look at that volume and compared to the t into, compared to the tbl you know yeah that's... like this would never happen if 
if this was just a regular like v2 amm or even like a stable swap you know it's like this vol this volume is indicative of how like how good the trades are and how um I don't know how the model works. Yeah, I mean, I think like the most coveted yield in this space, in my opinion, is is right there at the bottom. The, the Matic stake Matic pool. Uh, obviously, it's being incentivized, but like anytime you can get two assets that are you know pegged in correlation to one another, with one being a, a C token, meaning it appreciates in value because of the the um, yields that it's already generating, but then you can, on top of that, get fifty seven point five eight percent in additional rewards. Like that is the like that's sort of the holy grail of like things that you chase in this space because it's 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 effectively i wouldn't say zero risk but very very low risk it's appreciating in value from from just uh the the stake matic itself and you're getting the rewards on the other side so like that to me as a DeFi user is a, a fantastic way to uh put your assets to work as you said charles so eloquently yeah uh, eloquently. blue chip you know who doesn't want yeah. some some balancer it's not like right. it's gonna Go to zero immediately. Oh, yeah. Wally, I'm sorry. Forever. So this is all this incentivize is incentivized with balancer with Bal. Yep, the Matic pool at the bottom there. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming I'm assuming balancer wants this to be a success because of the innovation that they're bringing to the uh, uh yeah yeah the yeah. technology. So which is left, awesome. Lefty had a question here. What would you suggest to beginner to to concentrate liquidity enter to try out LP or etc. Would you suggest LPing on here? I mean, that's kind of a difficult question. I think if you really want to understand what concentrated liquidity is and like how it works, I think probably Uniswap V3. I mean, that's the hardest one to like understand. But if you can get that, you'll understand exactly what's going on. But something like this, I think, is also kind of uh, an easier entrance, right? Yeah. Or so I would say, Lefty, um, I would assume that you are familiar with how LPing works and how an AMM works. So what I would do is just like, I would read, you know what? Um, Chainlink has a good article on this, um, but I would read some papers on, on AMM models and just get familiar with how the different AMM models work. Then maybe take a look at Uniswap V3. Um, but I mean, this is a good like, Place shaking his head. I would, I would start because because it's yeah. like if you don't need to, if, you, if you don't care about how it all works, then yeah, gyroscope's a great place to start because you don't need to manage the position. It's the same as entering into any other pool. Um, yeah, I would so start with fusion from that. Yeah, fusion pools from Thena as well. Yeah, oh my god, yeah. true. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would start with fusion from Thena Phi or something like this to just understand how the mechanics of what you're doing go or how they you know how how it operates. And then once you understand that, you can get into more advanced uh, strategies, like on actual Uniswap. But I, but even before I got there, I would find uh, I'm, the name of, of which is escaping me on Polygon. But people the, keep the saying Trader Joe, Trader Joe's, which I've never opened that application in my life. Oh yeah, I, I haven't been keeping up. I've heard a bunch of chatter about Trader Joe recently. We need, we should uh, we should do a little segment on them because I'd like to learn about Trader Joe. Trader. I, um, yeah, I I use it a lot in 2022. Uh, so but look, yeah, nice. so but to answer the question fully, I would start with like something like fusion pools from Thenafy, something like this, and then uh, anything that has a front end that gives you actual analytics as to what your you know the potential yield you generate from uh, um, the name is escaping me. Austin pulled it up. Uh, the UI that's on Polygon. God, I cannot remember the name. Uh, but basically, it's like a front end for concentrated liquidity that shows you if you enter this range, uh, you know how likely you are to stay within it. Uh, and so we'll, I'll, I'll find out the name and post it in the show notes of this uh, of this actual show. But there's definitely things you can do before you go straight into Uniswap V3 uh, to get your feet wet in this. Look, I say, yeah. look, I'm, 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 I like to jump head first into something, bro. That's I get fine. what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, you can play around. Yeah, if you play around with a small bag and like you don't, you're not worried mm -hmm. if like one of your assets turns entirely into a hundred percent of the other side of the LP, then that's okay because that's you know, if you fall out of range, that's what's going to happen. So, uh, oh yeah, um, yeah. Uh, the only reason I mentioned Uniswap um, was in terms of like documentation because mm -hmm. um, that's. But I yeah, I wouldn't even. I don't even use V like I wouldn't use V three. Uh, yeah, it is like three buttons, but I mean, like, it, yeah, it's, 
managing a position there is like not um it's not easy it's not as simple as clicking three buttons and also it's not very you have to you have to spend a bunch of gas to manage something like that and it's like you're basically i don't know it's like it's more it's closer to trading because you're actually trying to predict where the market's going to go or you're just setting some huge range and not really making your money work a lot for you i mean there's a reason that there's a whole part of the industry that is built around managing you in uni v3 positions for like other protocols mm -hmm. um like there are there are other there are now protocols that will manage your position for you um but yeah i don't know i i would yeah i would just stick to it's a beast stick to the those who are like abstracting that away and just be like okay hey, just deposit we'll do it for you um yeah for sure definitely that's uh that makes sense the way to learn you want to dip your toes in go with the the ones that have abstracted some of the difficulties away like uh athena and i guess apparently trader joe um but if you really want to learn dude the, i'm telling you you gotta just go read those univ3 docs they're a beast but really it's the only way yeah. um yeah guys so do you guys want to talk about pulsing a little bit oh my gosh we're yeah, talking really of. technical you want to talk about something yeah. really completely untechnical wasn't going with pulse chain dude so in the discord <laughs> I I sent another tweet out to richard hart Please oh yeah that. boost that guys let, let him know that i want him on the show i think that'd be an incredible incredible interview i think clay would have some amazing things to ask him uh richard hart really would really make him feel at home and i think he could really elevate the level of discourse we have here on block bites uh, yeah, I'd be happy to do it. I, I mean, if we if we actually want to get him on, we should uh, we should hit him up from the main account. But yeah, go on. What, what what's going on? Tell me what tell me what the deal is. So uh, they're hurting over there, dude. They they kicked off pretty good. Bitcoin got to seventy thousand dollars on uh, Pulse Chain. Um, but we were talking a little bit about in the Discord. Me and this e plane guy, which I think is someone in our chat here. I think I know who it is, but it's a different name. E-Plane has been messing around on there, and he was telling me a lot. He gave me a little synopsis where he was saying the top chain was a Pulse Ohm, uh, but many projects seem to be struggling on Pulse Chain to launch and to, to get anything other higher than 100,000 in TVL. And we had, a, we had an app or a, an article come out, I think, today, talking a little bit like kind of what the problem was. So the problem with Pulse Chain seemed to have been it was really difficult to bridge on a Pulse Chain really difficult to get any gas all yeah. the faucets ran dry like within minutes uh there was no exchange to buy pulse x or to buy pulse um fees were super high you had to pay fees to bridge on you had to pay uh fees to switch between non-pulse tokens and pulse tokens uh there was lots of front running going on there was no really clear documentation like I said on our show earlier, there was no white paper. Uh, it's kind of seemed like a free-for-all, really chaotic over there. Did you guys <laughs> mess with it at all? Did you guys try? I tried to get on a little bit, but when I saw I couldn't get gas, I was like, I'm not begging for Pulse. to. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have not. I, I actually, I got some Pulse, I guess, just from various interactions of doing whatever over the last year. Uh, but I have not tried to get over there because I just, I don't know, like, it's, I, I, I haven't had a lot of time nor do i have a ton of interest I, I just don't i don't know about the long-term sustainability of the chain and having funds on something like that where i don't know if i'll be able to get it off well, you do just, baby you do got funds you had something in your ethereum wallet didn't you i did i, I did it yeah, over yeah. i'm just saying like at this point in the cycle like i even chasing high yields or high aprs is not really the name of the game for me i'm I'm trying to survive mm. and uh, make it into the next uh, bull run, my friend. So, look, if you get over there and something happens and you can't get your funds off, like that type of risk to me is uh, for anybody that wants to chase. It's great, but it's just not it's not my risk appetite at this point. Yeah, it seems like uh, that seems to be the issue is to be able to get off of Pulse right. uh, has been seemed to be kind of the problem. Um, so this article brought up. You know, we're can, talking about. Can you share, bro? Can, can you oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I can't um, believe what I'm hearing. Not chasing high yields. What yeah, I can't believe you that. may as well be speaking Mandarin. Saying, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you? How do you fill your days? So all those people that burned, uh, you know, the real assets to get Pulsex, 
um, their funds are kind of just stuck there uh, on Pulse. Yeah, Mikey. <laughs> and it's perfect, perfect place to put it right over Coy's face. <laughs> that'd actually be a pretty good idea to distribute the stimulus via Pulse because it'd be uh, damn near impossible to get it out. <laughs> uh, yeah, so just everyone's just starved for gas. So people are relying on over the counter trades to get their Pulse out. They're paying 99.9% higher than what the assets are worth to try and get them out. Yeah, uh, that, that's, okay, so there you go. That's like, that's like a proof yeah. point validated is exactly what I'm saying. Price gouging. Yeah. There are so. accusations that uh, Richard Hart isn't making any money off of Hex or Pulse. He just sold the ETH that he got from people buying it for cash. So these are on the back now. I don't know about that at all. I won't even ask Richard Hart about that if he comes on the show. I just want to know what's going on with Pulse. I want to know how to how to use it, what the plan is. Uh, but yeah, it seems to be kind of like really struggling. Pulse is down. Uh, a big shock, it. anybody? Like you know, yeah, exactly. I think in the beginning of all of this, there was there was like eighteen engineers, none of which were actually like Solidity devs. Uh, yeah, they were, they were just they were just you know. Engineers coming over from like a, a traditional background that were then you know either taught or or shown to write solidity. So like none of this is a huge surprise to me. And it's mm -hmm. also like, look, if you're gonna like if you're gonna play around with things that are brand new, particularly ones that don't have any white paper documentation, tokenomics, all the all of the mainstream normal things that you would see from a uh, particularly chain that is launching, then you know you've got the opportunity to get burned. And anytime there's a thousand percent APY there's a pretty freaking high likelihood that you will get burned in some way, shape or form. That is my experience over the last multiple years. Yeah. I mean, that's true. You got to always question, where's the yield coming from? How, how, where, where's this money coming from? Well, Money's got to come from somewhere. When you print a brand new token with like pretty vague tokenomics, it's pretty easy to have a thousand percent yields because you can use the token however you see fit to incentivize. Yeah. But that's, you know, it's all like, ball and cup games you know what i mean like uh, it, it's all it's all sleight of hand uh the thing about this pulse chain thing though is it's still higher than phantom and total value locked yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my god i mean yeah. i think there's an old saying that the market can stay irrational longer than you can stay solvent and i think in this case it probably rings true to what we're seeing right now so oh yeah Bro, can we please get Richard Hart on and just like not ask him about Pulse Chain at all? <laughs> yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts on like pineapple on pizza? Or, like, whatever? Fascinating guy, honestly. An interview yeah. of himself would be. Uh, I would love to just pick his brain, money. dude. Yeah. He might be one of our, our our generation's greatest minds. He's got Hex going. He's got Pulse going. He's he might be the only guy that can turn it around. Richard Hart, please come on the show, man. Come on, please. <laughs> Just come on, man. I'm not going to beg. But yeah, Pulse is superior to Phantom. I don't know about that. I mean, no, no chance. Absolutely zero. On. I mean, it depends on how you're judging it. More no popular? Way. Oh, yeah, superior. <laughs> uh, we, had a, we had another question here that was a pretty good one. Um, what was it? Is it risky to have USDC or wrapped assets on Phantom still? Uh, I believe it's fine now. Clay, am I wrong? Yeah, I mean the multi-chain bridge never closed at all. So like it's mm -hmm. I assume that's what this is in the question is probably directed to. So yeah. um you know, the, is it any more risky than it was 5 days ago? I guess if something else comes out about multi-chain that is negative, then obviously that could cause an issue, but as of this moment there has been no bridge closure. Uh, I haven't checked to see if the liquidity's gone back in some of the pools that were pulled. Uh, that's probably where I would start to answer that question uh, is just how deep is the liquidity and how likely are you to be able to mm -hmm. transfer funds in or out, whether it's selling an asset or bridging an asset. But as of this moment, you know, I think everything seems okay. Yeah, it seemed fine. Um, there was just some concern, I believe, about uh, the dev team, but the contracts are still working as intended. Uh, dev team at multi-chain, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I went into the Telegram like on Friday and I asked about it and a, a guy DM me privately. He said, what's your problem, man? Really? Oh my <laughs> your God. problem's been solved. What's your problem, dude? Yeah. Trying to cause it's a like problem. a pretty reasonable question. Yeah. Uh, um, the thing yeah, about the it, I think, was that they like got picked up by Chinese officials 
and then the rumor was that they got released by Chinese officials. Mm-hmm. And yep. shortly after, multi-chain pumped like 40%. So I don't know if those were true, but the market believed them. Because like, it was like, important. oh, the Chinese government arrested them, and then it just like dumped and then sprung back as soon as. Yeah. yeah. Um, the market is how tweeting. I decide how to believe and what to feel. <laughs> how to feel. Well, it makes, to what makes me kind of like uneasy, and I don't know why this is, unless I'm seeing something incorrect here, like, I haven't put out a tweet since May twenty fourth. Like as yeah. as like like that's yeah, very yeah. that's very odd to me. Um, yeah, that too, that too, and also like their whole um, was it force force majeure? Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course yeah. that's concerning, but I'm just saying like I mean, that, you that think you would come out with like a, a post mortem of some type when when you put out a statement like that uh, that obviously gives people more um, you know comfort in the fact that whatever was going on is is no longer an issue so mm-hmm. uh yeah I, I don't know that's 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 the biggest concern to me because i just find it very very odd the uncertainty is the worst part for damn sure well one thing's for certain richard hart is coming on this damn show <laughs> and i'm gonna make it happen one Let's way or another uh <laughs> yeah so the the multi-chain situation yeah it, it we're still waiting on some kind of clarity it is kind of concerning that they've been trying to drag in their feet but it seems to be working fine i am not too concerned but yeah guys um i think it was a pretty good show what do you guys think let's talk about it now <laughs> yeah, yeah man let's yeah, uh, I think it was pretty good first day back we're uh we're getting the uh yeah checking the cobwebs off there we go Memorial day that's right it didn't know i enjoyed, I enjoyed having uh, tn on I'm looking. Uh, I'm looking forward to having more guests on, possibly. And uh, yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Yeah, yeah. We could get a couple more guests on. Get them. Get the show feeling ready, <laughs> Richard. <laughs> Clay, you hate that picture, dude. It's a flattering one of you, dude. You should put it on your Tinder. It's so funny. I did. I did uh, miss the, uh, the fuck around find out one clip, though. I was kind of sad that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, hit us in the comments. And when we bring a guest on, guys, let us know how how you can maximize the information of the folks that are actually building and what you want to know from them. Because I think it's uh, super important to know, you know, how to how, how to get the most out of the time that we have with these guys. So definitely yeah, hit us in the comments. Let us know. Yeah, guys, uh, hop in the comments, hop in the Discord and the Twitter. I'm active in on all three. So uh, yeah, if you got anybody you want us to see us talk to, any questions you want asked. Get in there, baby. Be part of the conversation. Chat with us. Um, And also, remember, like and subscribe. I forgot to do that in the intro. Like and subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your doctor. Tell your bus driver. Tell everybody about the show. Get them in here, baby. Um, What else? Anything else, Clay? Anything else I got to plug here? Nope. I think we're good. Uh, Clay's losing the mustache battle. Aim into that. Hey, he's finally Uh, in it, though, baby. (laughs) uh no man i think we're good let's uh let's ride out all right fellas thanks for joining us today guys let's have a great day everybody mikey take us away baby peace adios